Beth Finn, and this is See Beth Run. In this week's episode, I get reflective about the 4th of July, learn some history about Octavius Cato, and examine the changing nature of relationships. I also make some comparisons between canvassing in the city versus the suburbs, and discover that I need some practice talking to people who don't agree with me. And finally, you may have noticed some new music at the beginning of my podcast. That song is called New Year by the very talented local singer-songwriter Avi Wisnia. There's a link to hear more of his music in the show notes. Okay, well, here we go with my reflections on week five. I'm Beth Finn, and I'm running for Philadelphia City Council at Large. Today is July 8th, and it's about 10.15 p.m. here in Philadelphia. And uh, today, oh, so many things happened this week, actually. Uh, it was the 4th of July in the middle of the week, obviously. We had um, such an incredible heat wave uh, at the beginning of the week, and it's finally cooled off this weekend, which I think has helped. But the city has been crazy this week, I think, because of the heat and because of the 4th of July. Um, and uh, actually, there were all kinds of protests going on this week, too, about um, ICE and their treatment of uh, immigrants and um, you know and they're still ongoing actually uh, but um, but but on to my thoughts about the campaign um, and how things have been going this week uh, so first up I want to kind of get the uh, administrative minutiae out of the way the sort of tactical things that I've been doing to keep things moving along with the campaign um, so I actually made my very first social media post this week Um, So on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram even, I did post for the 4th of July. And um, so, uh, you know, we're getting there. That's a start. Now I have a website. I can take donations. I have social media. Um, and, uh, And the other thing I did this week in that vein is that I produced the very first episode of this podcast, See Beth Run. So obviously you're listening to week five right now. But um, as I mentioned last week, I finally figured out how I'm going to distribute it. And so I spent uh, quite a bit of time this week doing the production of that podcast and, and, and the first episode and getting it out there. I picked out some music for the beginning and I uh, kind of taught myself how to do some very basic audio editing. Uh, this is not something I have any, uh, any background in. But, uh, but I did some very basic editing uh, to put the music at the beginning and record a little introduction and then uh, also record a little, I am told it is called an outro at the end. So I have an intro and an outro and I put it all together and hopefully it sounds good. And if you're still here on week five, I'm guessing I did all right. So, um, so I, hope that, uh, I hope that you are. Anyway... Um, yeah, so I, I got that out there, and I, I put it all together, and I published it on um, a platform called Anchor FM, which actually makes it super easy to publish um, to publish a podcast, and they publish it out to all of the other podcast uh, sites, you know, like Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Stitcher and all of those things. So... Um, so it's out there, and that's actually pretty exciting to me. Um, I'm really excited to um, start publicizing it and getting feedback from people and what they think of it, because um, I've really been enjoying recording these reflections each week. I think that it's helping me to be in the moment a little more with this whole 
race and the whole campaign. Um, you know, I think a lot of us have a tendency to just sort of rush through our lives, our day-to-day -day lives, and, and, um, and not really pay attention or not, um, not be in the moment when something exciting is happening. So this is a really exciting thing. Um, and I think, um, well, I'm really glad that I'm taking the time to, to do these reflections and, and be in the moment. And so that's, um, yeah, that's happening. Um, so let's see the next thing, uh, this week. Uh, so we submitted a couple of weeks ago, my pack paperwork to the state, but it turns out that we actually also need to submit it to the county, which in this case is also the city. Uh, Philadelphia City and county are the same. Um, but we have we had to do that as well um, to be a hundred percent official. So um, so we had that a little bit backwards. We should have we should have done the city first and then the state, but they let us know that. So um, the exciting thing about that is that instead of mailing it in because going to Harrisburg is awfully far, it's very easy to go to City Hall and drop off that paperwork in person. So Rupali, my treasurer, and I uh, did that on Thursday. We, um, we marched down there. I, uh, I dragged my partner Rob with me and made him take pictures of what I feel like is a, is an histor a, 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 um, a historic moment. But uh, maybe that's just me. Anyway, I had him take some pictures. And, um, you know, it was interesting. One of the things we did on the way is we stopped by um, there's a statue of, uh, of Octavius Caddo, who, um, who, uh, he, uh, the, the statue is new. It's a, it's a, it's, it's more than a statue, actually. It's a monument to him, and, and there's these five pillars, and, um, and then the statue of him, and it, um, tells his story, uh, which is very interesting. He was a teacher, an activist, and a civil rights leader. Um, he, um, and he was, uh, he was killed, um, at, you know, as an activist, um, uh, when he was just in his, in his mid thirties. So he lived in the mid 19th century and, um, and he fought for civil rights for, um, for black people and, and tried to fight racial tensions. And, um, so he, he's a very interesting person. I didn't know about him before, but, but this, um, this memorial to him is, is very new. Actually, it just opened this past September, um, so it's not even a year old, but Mayor Kenny, uh, you know, felt that it was important to honor him as part of the city's history. Um, uh, and so he, he had fought for that memorial to be built, um, even before he was mayor, when he was on city council, that's one of the things that, that he, uh, worked towards. And so the fact that, um, he was able to open that, um, the memorial, uh, last year, I think is probably, uh, important to him. Uh, but it, it's a it's a great uh, memorial uh, and monument to a man who's maybe not that well known, but should be. Um, you know, he's been fighting for he had been fighting for civil rights, uh, f you know, for many years, uh, and then he and he was killed for it. So, um, you know, of course, there have been many civil rights leaders who have been murdered um, for their um, fight for equal rights, um, and I think he's one of the less known ones. But he is a Philadelphia. Um, you know, uh, uh, he fought for civil rights in Philadelphia. So I think it's important that we have that statue to honor him. Um, so, but anyway, it was kind of poignant to me to restart my journey, uh, near that statue that talks about 
change and talks about activism and talks about all of the things that he fought for and that we're still fighting for um, for so many residents of Philadelphia. And um, so, yeah, so we, we spent a few minutes there um, looking at that. And then we went into City Hall and we filed the paperwork. And, um, again, we filed it again, uh, this time with the city. And um, so that's done. And now I'm really 100% official. Not that I wasn't before, but, uh, but now all the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Um, so, yeah. And I guess anybody who wants to look it up in the public record can see Finspiration Pack there. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Oh, the next thing I want to talk about today is the 4th of July, which was this week. And, you know, I really love the 4th of July. It is, um, you know, I, I have, I am very patriotic and I love America and, um, and I love to celebrate her birthday. And, you know, I kind of also love fireworks. So <laughs> all of that stuff comes together um, in a holiday that, that I really love. Um, but this year, I, um, you know, I, I, because I have so much frustration with the state of our country, I was very reflective about the 4th of July. And, um, and, and, and as I have learned more about our history, um, you know, and, and as I've come to realize that the history that I was taught in school was very whitewashed, um, as I've come to learn more of the truth about um, the history of our nation and the founding of our nation and, and how, uh, just how unequitable some things were and, and have been and still are, um, it, it, may, it meant that this 4th of July was, was very reflective for me. Um, and, you know, it just, I think I'm more committed now than ever to keep fighting for our more perfect union. Um, I think when our founding fathers wrote that phrase in the preamble of the Constitution, they knew that America wasn't a once and done thing, right? They knew that we're a work in progress and we will always be a work in progress. And I think that's a good thing. As society changes and as the mood of the country changes and as, and as we learn more and as we know more, uh, we have to do better. And our founding fathers set it up so that our constitution and our country and our government could evolve to meet the challenges of the modern era, whatever that modern era might be. You know, there are things in, um, in the world today that they could never have imagined, right? Um, if you want to talk about, um, you know, automatic weapons and things like that, I don't think our founding fathers could have imagined that kind of uh, destructive device. I don't, you know, I don't think that's what they meant to be in the hands of our uh, well-regulated militia. And um, so they knew, uh, they knew that the Constitution would need to evolve, and they knew that as a nation our government would need to evolve. I mean, that's why they uh, built in the ability to amend the Constitution, because they knew things would change, and they knew that we would have to continue to redefine ourselves over and over again. So those are some of the things that I was thinking about um, during the 4th of July. And, um, and like I said, I am, I am more committed than ever 
to keep fighting for our more perfect union. I believe in America, I believe in our democracy, and I believe in, um, in, in the people of America. And um, so we're just, we're gonna continue to be that work in progress and we're gonna continue to improve and we're gonna continue to get better. Um, you know, we, we are not perfect, but uh, we can always strive to be that way. Um, and, uh, and we will, we will keep fighting to get better. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts on the 4th of July, I think. Uh, oh, you know, something else about the 4th of July. I actually, um, I marched in a 4th of Ju July parade for the first time ever. I have never, uh, well, you know, that, that's not true. I have been, I have been in parades because I did, uh, some marching band in high school and, and college. So I, um, so I've been in that kind of parade, but I have never been in a 4th of July parade and certainly not, uh, in a political sense, but, but uh, I, I joined Madeline Dean, who is running for the U.S. Congress in the 4th District, the new 4th District of Pennsylvania, um, the, uh, the ungerrymandered 4th District. <laughs> and uh, so she was, uh, she was in a, a 4th of July parade in Skipack, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour outside the city. Um, but uh, so it was really fun, and uh, it was good to see her, and it was good to see all the other um, people supporting her. And actually, there were uh, quite a lot of candidates there on both sides of the aisle. Um, so it was, uh, it was such a hot day. But uh, we, had, uh, we had our water, and we had our, uh, uh, our signs for Madeline Dean, and we walked in the parade. And it was really fun to see all the people come out and, um, you know, watching the parade. And uh, obviously there were more than just politicians in the parade. There were all kinds of uh, things. There were classic cars and there were motorcycles and there were uh, fire trucks and, you know, all the, all the, it felt like a lot of Americana to me, uh, you know. So even though I had never been in one before, it just felt very American. And uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know if other countries have, I mean, they must have parades for, um, for those kinds of events, but uh, but it was I really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm glad I did it. So I I suspect this will not be my last Fourth of July parade, uh, especially as I'm getting more and more into this world of politics. But um, but it was definitely my first, and I I had a lot of a lot of fun with it. Um, and then uh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, so so some other things I've been thinking about this week. Um, and that I've been really reflecting on. So, you know, I know the first week I talked about telling my parents that I was, I was committed to running for office. And, um, and, uh, and you know, I, I said then, and, and it, this was true, and I believed it then, and, and I believe it now too, but I said then that, um, that, they are, that they're nervous about me running, but, but they're on board, and they're, they're, they're going to be supportive. And uh, I think, again, I think they are going to get there. But I think that it's um, taken them longer to come around than I expected that it would. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I talk to my mom on the phone every day um, after I leave work. I, as I'm walking home, I, I call her. I have done this for years and years and years. Um, I used to have quite a long drive home from work, and so I'd call her probably because I was bored in the car. But um, but I I talk to her every day on my way home, and um, 
you know, so we talk about a lot of things uh, when we talk that often. And so I think that um, y y y my parents are really a big part of my, um, my support, my safety net, right? They are knowing that they have my back, that they love me and support me. And um, uh, that, that is part of the fiber of my being. And it helps me, um, it helps give me confidence to go forth and, and change the world. Um, and so I probably, I don't know if I should go into this because I'm certain they're going to listen to this podcast, but um, the fact that they're still so nervous about this endeavor, I think is really having an effect on me. And um, it's making it it's making it harder for me to um, to have the confidence that I think I'm going to need to be successful here. And and I I will they will get through this and I will get through this. But right now I am um, a little bit um, I don't I don't know what the right word is, but I'm a I'm I guess I'm a little bit sad that. Um, I'm just struggling a little bit with, with not with those threads of my safety net not being as strong as they normally are, and um, and I know they're going to get there, and um, and I can be patient. I know that this is a big, big thing for them, and a big, it's a big decision for me, but it's it's a it's a big thing for them to come to terms with, and I know that they're going to get there, and I I will be patient and give them the time that they need to get there. But it is, um, it's, um, I think it's affecting me more than I realized that it would. But I guess it just goes to show what a strong relationship I have with them and how important they are to me. Um, but thinking about that has also made me think about, you know, all of my other relationships. And uh, th this, this decision has really impacted, I think, every relationship that I have, you know. And some in small ways and some in big ways. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm starting to notice how my relationships are, are starting to change. I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I think every, every relationship evolves over time and people change over time. And you know, I was talking to my, I was talking to my, my partner, Rob, about this this week and I said, um, you know, I said, I, I feel like all my relationships are changing. And he said, well, Beth, actually, I think it's you who's changing. Um, and he said, and not in a bad way. It's just that your priorities have shifted. And so, you know, it used to be that you'd talk, you know, about other things for hours on end with your, <laughs> with your friends. And now the thing you want to talk about um, is maybe not the thing that, that they're as into as you, right? And I said, well, I think that's a really good point. Um, and he's right. I mean, my, my priorities have changed, although they haven't changed overnight. They have been shifting for, I'd say, about two years now um, because I am so concerned with the state of the world today and the state of our country. And it's so important to me to do everything I can to get us back on track. I think it's the responsibility of every, Ameri of, of every American to shape the to shape our country and our society to what they believe it should be right i think that's a very american thing to to 
want the country to be the way you want it to be. So it's not that, that those things are not important to all the people that I know um, from before two years ago. Um, they are. I think it's just that not everybody tackles it the same way that I do. Um, and of course, I've met so many new people in the last two years um, who who do have those priorities. But uh, it's it's so interesting because I don't I don't have the same history with them as I do with my uh, with with my original I don't want to say that uh, my original friends whatever uh, you know I don't ha I don't have the same history with them but. Um, so I'm I'm building new history, and um, I guess I think I think that's good. I I, you, I I'm a people person. I love me meeting new people and making new friends. It's just been very um, different. It's almost like I have these two worlds now, kind of the before activism world and the after activism world. So um, um, trying to integrate both of those sort of sides of my life is um w well it's 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 uh it's interesting I, I i don't know it's a challenge i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure out how i do that because i don't want to leave i don't want to abandon uh, my old friendships uh they're so important to me and they're they're such a foundation of who i am um and and uh, so i don't want to abandon those and i still also want to have room for my new friendships too, and um, uh, yeah, and I and I want to I want to merge those worlds together somehow. So I have to figure that out, but uh, I'll figure it out. It'll it'll happen <laughs> at some point. Um, so well, that, that is very reflective, I think, for for this week. Um, but <laughs> I have one more thing that um, that I've been thinking about for this weekend. Uh, so, so of course, this weekend I did more canvassing. Yesterday I went uh, out to Western Chester, Western Chester County, say that three times fast, um, where I canvassed for Katie Muth, who's running for state senate in District 44. And I think I've mentioned Katie before. Um, I met her in April at, um, at a, tr uh, a candidate training session put on by a Progressive Change Campaign Committee, PCCC. And um, I think the moment I met her, I knew that we were kindred spirits. Uh, we're both we both share a lot of very progressive values, and um, and you know she's right in the heart of her race. So um, I I really look up to her as somebody who can give me some advice and and help me understand what I'm in for next year. Um, but anyway, I went out to canvas for her in Western Chester County. And um, her district's quite big, and uh, I think maybe that's the furthest reaches from Philadelphia of her district, but that's where she happened to be yesterday, so that's where I went. And, uh, you know, canvassing in the suburbs is really different than canvassing in the city. In the city, obviously, all the houses are right next to each other, and you just walk from one to the next and uh, knock each door. In fact, you know, and you're going up and down their steps because there's always steps to get up to their doors. And, um, and, um, and in the suburbs, uh, you know, some streets, the houses are close enough together where you can walk. 
but especially out in uh, in Honeybrook, which is where I was, some of the houses are quite far apart. And so, uh, first of all, they don't send you out alone, which is nice. You always have a partner when you're canvassing because some of these houses are pretty isolated, actually. And uh, and and we drove from house to house. So uh, my canvassing partner was named Maria. She is the head of the uh, of the Western Chester County Dems and. Um, uh, so it was really interesting and it was really um, fun to listen to her talk to her neighbors and talk about the issues that are important to them and why Katie and the other two candidates that we were canvassing for um, will be great for the people who live out there. Um, so the other two candidates are, are Pam Hacker, who's running for state rep in District 26, which is where we were, and then Chrissy Houlihan, who is running for uh, U.S. Congress in the new 6th uh, Congressional District. So, um, you know, and all three of these women are first-time candidates, and they, like me, saw a need for a change and decided that uh, they were the ones to do it. You know, they, they didn't see other people stepping up, and so they decided to do it. Uh, they all have careers outside of politics. They are all ordinary women who are trying to do something extraordinary. So I kind of feel a little bit of a kindred spirit with them because that's what I'm doing too. I am an ordinary person, and I saw a need to make a change, and so I'm stepping up and I'm doing it. Um, you know, the other good thing about canvassing out in the suburbs is that they have really good snacks. So if you are thinking about canvassing and you're not sure about it, I highly suggest going to the suburbs because you'll get really good snacks. <laughs> I don't know if all the places in the suburbs are like that, but Western Chester County, they have it going on. So that's my little shout out to them. Um, and then today I canvassed in the city. Uh, I was in South Philadelphia near the Italian market, and, um, and it was a good day. Actually, a lot more people were home than usually are in the city. I usually get maybe four or five people who answer the door, and I think I maybe had a dozen today, so that's pretty good. I knocked about 90 doors, I think. And um, But, uh, you know, as I was canvassing, um, somebody, this was not from one of the houses I, I went to, uh, they just happened to be walking down the street, and they saw me, and, you know, I had on my button that said vote, and and I had a Tom Wolf button on, and um, I think it was quite obvious that I was, you know, canvassing for the Democrats, and he came up to me, and he, and he asked what I was doing, and I said, I told him, I said, oh, I'm, I'm canvassing for Get Out the Vote for November. It's really important that people make their voices heard. And um, so he, he started up a conversation with me, which was fine. I, you know, I like to talk to people, and I figured here's a Philadelphian. I can hear what he is worried about and what he wants to talk about. And he started talking about um, the party, and he started talking about the Democratic Party, and he started talking about, you know, different people in the party. And I, you know, look, I'm going to be honest, I am still fairly new to Philadelphia politics. I don't know everybody. Um, that's why I'm starting so early, so I can meet everybody. But he started talking about different people, some of whom I knew, knew some of whom I didn't know. Um, and then, uh, and then at the end, he said, he said, so I'm very frustrated, and so I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna. I think he's running for mayor or something. He said, I'm going to run as a Republican. And I said, really? You think that switching parties is the right way to approach this? And 
And at the end of the day, I'm not sure he ever really was a Democrat because we started, you know, we started talking about, he started talking about how he liked some of the things that Trump was doing with immigration and, um, you know, that I, I guess it kind of put my hackles up. That is a, obviously a very pressing issue right now. And the children being separated from their families at the border or now not being able to be re re reunited with their families at the border. Um, you know, it's, it's, a very, uh, it's a very touchy subject right now. And he started talking about that. And then he started saying um, things like he wasn't even sure that those immigrants were human beings. And that's what really set me off because it goes back to being a Jew and how the Nazis started um, separating the Jews from the rest of the people in Europe and in Germany. And he, Hitler started by saying that Jews weren't people, they were animals. And so when he started referring to these immigrants as not humans, as animals, I said, you're incorrect. They're people. They're human beings. And you must refer to them as human beings. You can't call them animals. You don't know these people. You don't know them at all. And um, anyway, it, it, it ended up not being a great conversation. And it made me realize that I think I need some practice talking to people who don't agree with me. Um, because I definitely got flustered and I got, I, I, uh, I, th I lost my cool, right? And uh, maybe that's understandable, but if I'm going to be, if I mean it, that I want to engage with people on both sides of the aisle, and I do, I do mean that, then I have to be able to keep my cool when I'm having a conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with me. Because there are people out there who don't agree with me. Um, that's why we have more than two or more parties, right? That's why we have, um, and that's why we have elections, and that's why we, we have to have, you know, these, these discussions and these debates. But I think it's important that the debate remains civilized. And, and, and I think it's important to be able to have a, a, a fact-based conversation with people on the other side of the aisle. So uh, it made me realize that I need to practice having those conversations with, um, with people who don't agree with me. Uh, so I, I think uh, I, that's something I'm going to work on. And if, um, if you want to help me practice, let me know because I think I'm going to need to. Uh, I think I'm going to need a lot of people to help me with this one. Um, and I think that that is a skill that um, that probably a lot of people could work on. So I don't know if um, I don't know if there'd be anybody listening to my podcast who doesn't agree with me. It seems unlikely, but if you think you're good at playing devil's advocate, I would, <laughs> maybe that's a good way to approach it. Um, yeah, so uh, I feel like I had some kind of deep thoughts this week and a lot of a lot of reflections. I've been um, I've been kind of in my head this week, and I, I, that is a little bit unusual for me. Not that I don't reflect on things and don't think about things, but that I've been so much. Um, in my head this week is a little different than, than what I'm used to. Um, but, uh, you know, that's how we learn and grow. So good for me, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, I think the, those are the things I had uh, that I was really thinking about this week. And um, uh, I do still want to end with my three things that brought me joy. The first thing, of course, was um, clicking publish on that podcast. It's so exciting to get my voice out there into the world 
and um, and um, and have people hear my thoughts. And um, so that brought me a lot of joy uh, publishing the podcast. And and every time, uh, so the way that that Anchor.fm works is that. Um, you publish it there and then they distribute it out to all the podcast platforms out there. And I think it takes a few days um, for the first episode to get out to all the platforms. So every time they send me an email or a notification pops up on my phone saying that it's been published on another platform, I get a little a little burst of joy. So that's, a, that's actually been quite a lot of joy over the last few days. Um, the second thing that brought me joy this week was canvassing out in the burbs. Um, it was really fun to... Um, to meet to meet the people out there in Western Chester County, and to knock on those doors, and and you know, and the the voters in the suburbs uh, seemed more interested in engaging in a conversation than uh, people in in the center city often do. Uh, so I don't know if it's uh, it's just because uh, they feel closer to their neighbors or or what, but we got to have a lot of really in depth conversations with the voters there, and um, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and then the, the last thing that brought me joy is, um, you know, we, we went to, uh, to my best friend's house in, um, she lives over the bridge in New Jersey, and um, we went there for the 4th of July. And as we were coming home and crossing over the Betsy Ross Bridge, uh, we saw all up and down the Delaware River all of the fireworks displays going off. And so it was really cool to see all of the fireworks displays up and down the river kind of all at the same time. Uh, and that brought me a lot of joy too. So uh, we saw, you know, we we got to see uh, fireworks there in New Jersey, but um, but then seeing all of the displays as we were driving home was really fun. Uh, so those were the things that brought me joy this week, and um, I think that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to See Beth Run. I'm Beth Finn, first-time candidate for Philadelphia City Council at Large. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to leave a review. And check me out online at www.beth4phl.com and on social media at Beth4PHL. That's Beth4PHL. See you next time.